Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 57 of Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail throughout Week 11 and the rest of the 2022 fantasy football season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. How are we feeling going into week 11? Ugh, it's gross. Week 11. Too, we're too far along in the season. We're too far along, it. and on top of that, we have four teams on by, maybe five. Um, four. Lots and lots of injuries. It is, uh, it, it, it's shaping out to be a, a messy, messy week. So anyway, um, but that's what we're here for. We're here to help guide you guys through week 11 and, and, you know, try to help you out with week 11. So we have a lot of, uh, a bit of news to speak about, some injury updates heading into the weekend. We have our all boo and all bust teams, and we're going to end the show with our flex on them segment that we do. Um, we do love a lot. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show and hopefully it's extremely helpful and helps you out with those week 11 decisions. And if you don't get all the fantasy content you need in the show, or if your questions aren't answered, there's a lot of uncertainty heading into the weekend. That's totally okay. That means you should join us on Sunday at 8:30 AM Eastern time on our Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter for our Sunday morning live show for week 11. We go from about 8:30 AM to about 9 30, 10 o'clock AM. Um, are, are the jets home this week? Uh, no, the jets are on the road. Jets on the road. So, well, depending on Nick's schedule, we probably can go a little bit longer this week if we want to. We could probably to go. Go, yeah, we could go from 830 to 10. You know, if you guys keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. So on our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, we want to answer all of your questions. We want to help you guys out with your fantasy teams. We want to help set your lineups, help make trades. If you could still make trades at that point, probably can't. I think trade deadline is Saturday for most leagues. Um, we just want to help you guys out to the best of our ability. So uh, hopefully you join us on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast, and Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. So, yeah, hope to see you there. Aside from that, this is our Friday show. I already told you what we do on our Friday show. We do this show Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, available on all audio streaming platforms. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. We'd appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, um, hit that like button. If you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube, Primetime Fantasy Podcast, hit that subscribe button, and then drop a like on this video. Keep inter- interacting with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Primetime, FF Pod, then Facebook and YouTube Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Moving on to the injury updates and the news. First bit of news here. The Bills and Browns game is going to take place in Detroit due to literally literally like six feet of snow is going to happen uh, in Buffalo this weekend. Um, I think the game would have gotten canceled no matter what, but I love the jokes on Twitter basically saying that Singletary and, and Chubb would not be able to have played because they're under six foot. <laughs> yeah that's true i mean i i'm not gonna lie i took this into account for a lot of my boom bust but um i mean i still feel very very good about some of those uh, buffalo is not too far from detroit i'm pretty sure they're still getting some snow just not as much they play in a dome oh do they okay they're in a dome there's no weather Shoot. impacts at this point okay i might have to make some impromptu you may, you may, you may need to make an audible here um <laughs> which is totally okay um, but yeah, so the game was, the game was moved. I think it had to be moved. Um, a lot of fans are upset about this on Twitter and stuff. I mean, snow games are fun, but at the same time, I remember there's a really bad snow game. If, I forget if it was last year or the year before. I know the like a six to three game or something. Do you remember which game I'm talking about? I don't remember which game, but I do remember there being like a foot and a half of snow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So this would, this would not have been a fun game from a fantasy perspective. So from a fantasy perspective, this is good. Nico Hardman with the abdomen injury was placed on the IR. 
Um, so he's going to be out four weeks. Same thing as Cooper Cup and Dallas Goddard, et cetera. Um, this opens up a spot for Kadarius Tony to really uh, flourish in the offense. Um, and he's having a pretty solid year for Michael Hard- Hardman. So that's a, that's a loss to your fantasy team. Um, do you recommend dropping him or, you know, if, it, if you don't have the IR spot at least? Or what if you um, Cooper Cup and Michael Hardman? I mean, if you don't have the IR spot, I think you have to drop him. I think Kadarius Tony will take over um, in that offense, but let let's not like confuse things, right? Like the rest of that wide receiving core is dinged up. Kadarius Tony has an extensive injury history, so let's say Cole Hardman comes back week fourteen. There is a very good chance that he's a very good play, and the Chiefs have the second easiest schedule for the rest of the season, so. You could definitely see McCall Hardman being just as dominant as he was before the injury um, once he comes back. So um, he's not worth the roster spot if you don't have the IR spot. But if you do have the IR spot, why not just stick him there? So Matthew Stafford is practicing this week, but he is still in concussion protocol. Um, he hasn't cleared it yet. He's expected to be cleared so that it is one to, uh, to monitor at least. Um, last bit of news. I did miss this earlier in the week. I want to talk about it. Kyle Shanahan said on November 14th, the goal is for Christian McCaffrey and to Elijah Mitchell to have even carries going forward. You're a McCaffrey owner, Lee. Like, talk about it because this is uh, this is something I've spoken about in the past with uh, with Kyle Shanahan. So I have CMC in one league, um, and I tried to trade him away this week in that league. Um, I didn't know that. I did. I texted in the group chat in the league. Um, I was very close on one offer, but I decided I'd rather take CMC ceiling. I know, I know Elijah Mitchell is going to be there and present like, right. Like I said, Elijah Mitchell is the best handcuff running back in football and he's getting, he's going to get the Kareem hunt type workload, um, from two years ago where he's just purely going to eat into the volume. Um, and some days are going to be his day. Some days are going to be CMC's day and it sucks. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. CMC last week still put up 18 fantasy points. Um, he did find the end zone, which helped, but regardless, he's still putting up the numbers that you want to see from um, your running back one. Is he going to be the RB one on the season? Not sure anymore, but is he still going to be a top 10 running back moving forward? Absolutely. That system still fits him too well for you to bench him or freak out. Just don't expect, you know, running back one 30 points per game anymore from Christian McCaffrey because this is the first time in his career where you're seeing someone truly eat into his workload. Kyle Shanahan's the worst head coach for fantasy purposes. I'm just saying it. I've been shouting it to the heavens for years, but he's the worst when it comes to fantasy. Okay, moving on to injuries. Players that did not practice on Thursday. We're recording Thursday night at about 7 o'clock before the Thursday night football games. This is the most up-to-date information we could give you. I'm sure if you're listening to the show on Friday or Saturday, there's more up-to-date information. So, uh, Did not practice Thursday. DeAndre Hopkins, for personal reasons, Jerry Judy with the ankle and Juju Smith-Schuster with the concussion. My guess is that Judy and Juju are both out this weekend, yep. um, which I is agree. big misses for your fantasy teams. Um, oops, I'm going to remove that from the notes. That should not be in there. Okay, uh, limited practice. Um, I'm going to separate the Cardinals first. because I, I, I will, We'll save the Cardinals for last. Mark Andrews with a shoulder injury. Gus Edwards with a knee injury. Josh Allen with the elbow injury. All three also practiced Wednesday. Um, some other ones that practice on Wednesday as well. Ezekiel Elliott with a knee, Devontae Adams with an abdomen, uh, Justin Jefferson with a toe, Keenan Allen with a hamstring, Mike Williams with an ankle, AJ Brown with an ankle, Devontae Smith with a knee. Um, some new injuries for Thursday that weren't reported or some new practices at least. Uh, Cole Komet practiced with his thigh injury, David Njoku with the ankle injury, he was limited. 
um, Marquise Velasquez with an illness, and Curtis Samuel with a shin. So uh, before we move on to the Cardinal part, um, I, I just want to ask you, you know, your thoughts on uh, the Chargers of, of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, because I, I did want to put a a pass catcher from the Chargers on my all boom team, but I don't know who's playing. So I don't know who I could even put, but it's a pretty favorable matchup against the Chiefs and it should be a shootout. The Chiefs defense isn't good against wide receivers. So I, w- I would say play whoever the two starting receivers are for the Chargers, but I can't even tell you who's going to start. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, for me with injuries, like I, I just want to know, are you in, are you out? And if you are in and you were hurt, um, is it a hamstring or is it a groin injury? If it's a hamstring or a groin, it's going to linger during the game and it's going to affect your play. The rest of the injuries, they might they might hurt a little bit, right? Like if you have a shoulder or a knee injury, right? Like it might hurt at some point, um, but typically you can play through the pain there. Um, or you could take uh, some of the injectable pain medication that numbs it, numbs it and you get through the game, right? Hamstring groin, those are the two I'm worried about. And you talked about Keenan Allen and his hamstring. Um, not sure anymore. We don't know what he's going to do week to week. But um, for me, if Keenan Allen's out there, I'm still playing him. Like, I, I, think he, I, I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are awesome players to talk about on our Sunday morning live show. It's really tough to diagnose now. But if you have questions about them, and the Sunday morning live show is really the way to go. 8.30 a.m., Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. All right, let's talk about the Cardinals playing on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Kyler Murray has a hamstring injury. He missed last week. Conflicting reports here. Um, there are reports he could miss a couple weeks. There are reports he could play this week. He did practice. Again, conflicting. Colt McCoy with a knee injury practice and Marquise Brown with a foot injury. Marquise Brown has still not been activated off the IR, but he did practice. Um, this is a mess because you won't, you probably won't know much about these injuries until Monday, and this this affects who you're going to play at quarterback. And if you want to play either Rondell Moore or Marquise Brown at wide receivers. So I guess what I'll ask you is uh, how do you handle this and who are you confident in? So here would be my question. If all, if we knew all three were healthy, right? Who would you play? And the only one I think that you would confidently play this week um, would be Marquise Brown in this tough matchup. Um, And even then, I don't know if you're comfortable playing him for me. Kyler Murray probably would have been on my all bus team if he wasn't uh, hurt, if he wasn't hurt. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to trust any of those three in a play. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bank on Marquise Brown, unless if I have like Brandon Ayuk um, who I could bench for him um, or one of the other deeper receivers like Rondale Moore on the team. Uh, so for me, I'm comfortable leaving all three on the bench and playing your other guys for Saturday, for Sunday. Yeah, it's also tough for Kyler considering there's other quarterbacks on by. Like I have Brady as my backup, and now I have to go and pick up a quarterback because of this situation. So it is, it, it's very tricky. Um, full practices: DeAndre Swift with the shoulder and knee injury, Jamal Williams with an illness, Brandon Cooks with a hip and wrist, and Antonio Gibson with a knee. So positive stuff. Moving on to our Week 11 all boom teams. Players who think you're going to boom or have potential to boom, mainly in your flex spots. We don't like to use, you know star player so anyway uh nick who is your all boom quarterback i already know who it is ah uh, of course you do because everybody i know, I know everybody your quarterback knows. i know your quarterback i know your running backs and i might know one more you know both my running backs i know both your running backs and your tight end i think wow look at that thank you unless unless our anonymous source gave me wrong information or i i also uh, i'll preface this i don't love my all boom team i really don't uh the matchups are really <laughs> tough this week um so with that said, um, I, I I shot off a, like 
a, a boatload of players to our anonymous source because I, I wasn't sure who I wanted to even use. Um, so anyway, uh, quarterbacks, I had two picked out, but who was your all-boom quarterback for, uh, for week 11? I am going with Vanilla Vic as coined by Saquon Barkley. I'm going with Daniel Jones. You take advantage of that Lions matchup. Every single time, the Lions are the worst team against starting quarterbacks. Last week, mobile quarterback Justin Fields finished as the QB1, and Daniel Jones has over five carries per game in all of his games, and he's averaging about eight per game. I expect him to be Vanilla Vic in this game. I expect him to run the ball, to pass the ball. Um, The most all-purpose yards he had this year was like 350. I see no reason why he can't shatter that number in this matchup. Also, he hasn't been turning the ball over as much. Justin Fields blew the game last week um, with a costly pick six. Daniel Jones has not turned the ball over more than four times this year between fumbling and uh, and and interception. So he's been incredibly consistent. He's been very good uh, for fantasy, and I think he's a very, very good play this week. Okay. My all-boom quarterback is Dak Prescott. Since returning from injury a couple weeks ago, back-to-back games, he has over 19 fantasy points. Now he's going up against the Minnesota Vikings defense that have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Top of that, Vikings have allowed five quarterbacks to score over 17 fantasy points um, in the last 11 weeks. That's a lot of points. A lot of points to go around. Uh, The Dallas offense is clicking. I I didn't want to stack a lot of Dallas players, but um, every Dallas player is a play this week. The Vikings defense isn't great. It's their their biggest weakness. They're an offensive team. Uh, They're all going to have really nice days and and Dak as well. Um, They give up a lot of points to both wide receivers and tight ends, which means they're going to give up a lot of points to the quarterback as well because he's throwing to them. So, uh, Dak's a really nice play this week. If this is the week you've been waiting to play Dak, maybe you have Dak and you picked up Fields or something like that. And I would play Fields over Dak, so maybe that's a bad comparison. But um, this is this is a week to play Dak Prescott. Who is your first all-boom running back for Week 11? I'm going with Dante Foreman. He's averaging 20 yards per uh, – or 20 carries per game since becoming the starter um, only four weeks ago. And over that four-week span, he has 400 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. So he's seeing the workload, he's seeing the volume, and he's delivering on it. Uh, He's been very, very consistent for fantasy. And most importantly, Baker Mayfield is back. Um, I know I like P.J. Walker a lot more than Baker Mayfield, but if there's one thing Baker Mayfield has done in his career – it's been able to support running backs for fantasy football. Christian McCaffrey, he wasn't the RB1 that we saw um, at the beginning of the year with Baker, but he was still a top five running back. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both had very good fantasy seasons. Both finished inside the top 10 uh, a few years ago with Baker Mayfield. So Baker knows how to manage his running backs for fantasy purposes. I'm going to absolutely trust him here. In the tougher matchups, maybe you don't trust him as much. Um, and Dante Foreman, but they're going up against the Ravens. They're pretty much an average team against the run, and in an average matchup, I'll take the guy that's been this efficient for this long. Okay. My first one is one of Nick's favorite players, Cordell Patterson. He's facing the Bears this week, and Nick, I know you're a believer in the Bears' defense sometimes, but they're not great, uh, especially the running backs. They've allowed the most, most fantasy points to fantasy running backs. Um Patterson himself has had over 18 fantasy points in three of his six games this season. And the Bears defense has given up 14 touchdowns to running backs. I think Patterson makes it 15 uh, on Sunday. Who's your second all-boom running back for week 11? I'm going with Devin Singletary. Now, I'll be honest. I thought he was getting the snowstorm game, which would have been even better. But beyond that, I still like the matchup. Cleveland allows the second most points uh to the running back position. And Devin Singletary has been pretty solid the last four games. He's averaging 12 points per game over that span. Um, I expect the volume here. They know that they're bad against the run. 
They're going to run the ball. I think they're going to play a much more simplified offense over these next few weeks, especially with Josh Allen turning the ball over as much as he has been. I think they play a lot more conservative. They need to walk away with some more wins as that division is up for grabs. So I think the goal of this game is walk out with a win, and the way you're going to do that is ground and pound against the Browns. I have the Washington running backs, and I favor Antonio Gibson a little bit. I'll explain why. First off, the Houston Texans allow the most fantasy points to running backs, and it's not really close. Seven backs over the 11-game span have scored over 15 fantasy points. This is in standard PPR league, so that's a lot of points. Antonio Gibson, since Tyler Heineke has uh, taken over, he has three games over 14 fantasy points. Now, Brian Robinson, he's been effective, but doesn't catch a lot of balls. So that's why I do favor um, uh, Antonio Gibson a little bit because uh, J.D. McKissick is probably also out again. Um, with an injury. So with that said, um, Antonio Gibson will take over McKissick's role as the pass catcher. Um, so the game script should look pretty good for them. Um, definitely should run the ball a lot, and it should be a really productive game for Antonio Gibson and probably Brian Robinson as well. And I did know both your all-boom running backs, by the way. I tried to put both of them on my team. Uh, so who's your first all-boom wide receiver? <sighs> you almost got me to spoil it earlier, but I'm pretty much going whoever the wide receiver one is for the Chargers in this matchup. I wrote down Keenan Allen, but I know very well it could be Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, or, uh, well, I guess it would be Palmer because um, Carter would not be the the wide receiver one over there. Um, but one of those three, whoever's the one, that is who I am targeting. Even the two, I think, is a good play. Kansas City's been bad against wide receivers, and the wide receiver one over the last three games against the Chiefs for the Chargers is averaging about 22 fantasy points per game. Uh, Kansas City, once again, one of the five easiest um, against the wide receiver position, there is no doubt that if you have one of these receivers, they will boom in this matchup. All right. My first wide receiver boom is a bangle because we love to talk bangles on this podcast. I have T. Higgins. Steelers have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Chase that matchup. Uh, bangles are also coming off the bye. They're a little bit healthier. Don't have um, They don't have uh, Jamar Chase back yet, hopefully in the next two weeks. The only thing that kind of scares me about this matchup is uh, TJ Watt. The Steelers are a different team with him. It's it's kind of crazy, actually. They, they play much differently with TJ Watt. Um, he did maul the Bengals on week one. Um, but I'm, I'm, I don't think that's going to stop T. Higgins from having a really productive fantasy day. Um, I think this is the day that you've been waiting for. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think it's a big T. Higgins day um, on Sunday. Who is your uh, second wide receiver boom for week 11? I love your take, and I'm a one-up it. I am locking in Tyler Boyd. It's been four weeks since I put a Bengals player or a player from the team facing the Bengals on the all-boom or all-boss teams because I've been avoiding it, but I could not avoid this matchup. Just like you said, second easiest team against wide receivers, and Tyler Boyd in games without Jamar Chase is averaging 15 points per game. Uh, he's been incredibly consistent without him. He is probably the most underrated pass catcher in the league at the moment. He is good enough to be a wide receiver too on most NFL teams. Yep. Um, I, I think he's more than talented. Again, coming off the bye, getting healthy. I know they got mauled in week one by the Steelers, but I think the Bengals got a sh- good shot here, and I think I like this matchup for uh, all those pass catchers. Yep. So my second wide receiver, boom, and I was kind of surprised when I texted our anonymous source and he said he didn't take this guy, so I'm happy you didn't. Um, I have Kadarius Tony. He scored 19 fantasy points last week, and I, I think there was a game when he actually started. I think this was his first game as a starter, I think. I could be wrong on that, but it feels like this is his first game fully playing in that offense. Um, those wide, those wide the, the, They're banged up. Uh, Mikkel Hardman's out. Seems like Juju's going to be out. 
Um, and Marquis Fellows Scantling's dealing with an injury. He should play, but the, I think that makes Kadarius Tony the wide receiver one. Um, this morning I saw that Travis Kelsey basically praised him and said it was ridiculous that they let him walk out of that Giants uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're facing a Chargers defense who hasn't really been good against pass catchers. Six wide receivers have scored more than 18 fantasy points against the Chargers. Um, if you picked up Kadarius Tony, um, the, I, I, I think you're due. I think you're really due, and you're going to be really thrilled uh, with the performance this week and the rest of the season. Who is your first flex starter uh, on your all-boom team? Nick, I have a question for you. I I like questions. Let's see what we got. Okay, so in the last two games, I've made it a little bit harder. Um, In the last two games, this receiver has 16 targets, 14 catches on him um, for 214 yards, and the two teams that they faced were top 10 against wide receivers. Okay, so... The two teams he's faced were good against wide receivers. And okay. he delivered. And he delivered. Um, I'm trying to think of who's. I got I got two hints here, so I'll give you hints if you yeah. need. It's pretty broad. broad. Um, the first hint is that he is a rookie. Uh, crap, who did the Saints play last week? I don't think it's Olave. Is it uh it, you're not putting Garrett Wilson, are you? You're damn right I'm putting Garrett oh Wilson. Oh my up lord. Here. Garrett Wilson, jet up. Two weeks ago we faced the same Patriots team and he put up over hundred receiving yards. Uh for the two game span, Corey Davis was not playing. In games where Corey Davis is not playing, um Garrett Wilson is averaging a calm 18 fantasy points per game. Uh that tells me you got to play him. And I know we're scared of Belichick in that Belichick matchup, but he showed me three weeks ago that he could put up 100 yards on that secondary. So there's no reason for me to fade him. I'm going to lock him in coming off the bye. He's going to walk into uh, into Foxborough, and he's going to go make a statement right there. I, I'm very confident in him putting up close to a 20-point bomb wow. uh, if he can find the end zone. All right. So here's the thing. I have notes for three players that I like in my flex spots. Uh I don't know which two I want to use. So you're going to get all three of them. Uh, first off, I have Gabriel Davis in a game that's not going to be a snow game. Browns have allowed eight players to score or eight wide receivers to score over 15 fantasy points. They've also allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers on the perimeter like Gabriel Davis normally is. Um, the game is also being played inside the Detroit Lions dome. So you don't have to worry about the weather. Um, Josh Allen's elbows fine. His his noggin looked a little messed up last week when he was throwing to uh, the purple team instead of the red team, but um, his arm looked fine. Gabriel Davis had a solid day, and so did Diggs. Um, I think they have another solid day uh, this week because um, the Browns are um, not a good football team, especially on defense. So there you go. Um, Gabriel Davis should be a nice play this week. So uh, who is your second uh, flex spot that you're going to boom this week? I'm going very bold here. I went very bold for the two, for, uh, the two flex plays. I already locked Garrett Wilson in. I'm going with probably the boldest player any of us has ever put in the history of the segment Interesting. on the boom team. I'm going Chase Claypool. I'm mm. digging real deep here for a solid game. Mm. Personally, I'm not playing him. I don't want to risk it. But if you have Chase Claypool, I think he's a good play. Cole Komet, the last few weeks, has been their athletic guy that's been in the middle of the field. Chase Claypool is going to take over that role at some point. Chase Claypool is a six foot five more athletic version of the pass catcher that is Cole Komet, and he is miles better. They put him in the slot in Pittsburgh, and that's where they're putting him in Chicago. I think 
that there's a very good shot that you watch this big athletic target for Justin Fields start to develop in this offense. And if it's going to happen any week, this is the week to do it. It's two weeks after the trade. That's typically when you see the receiver, the new player fully get implemented in the offense. So if Chase Claypool is going to be the valuable pick that they traded, they traded, I think, a second rounder for him. If he's going to be worth a second round draft pick, this is the week where they're going to show that this is why he was worth it. So I think he could put up a solid 12 to 15 points and buy Claypool standards on the season. That is more than startable. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to negate one player and I'm going to bump this one up. So uh, for my second flex play, I have Paris Campbell in his last three games with Matt Ryan. So he faced the Raiders, the Jaguars, and uh, I can't remember the third one. I forget who they last week. Uh, The last week was the Raiders. Uh, One other team. I forget which one it was. He has averaged over, um, he has averaged over 18 fantasy points in all three. He has averaged over 10 targets. He has averaged over 65 yards and he has had a touchdown in all three. That is Matt Ryan's wide receiver too. He is feeding him. He is comfortable with him. And as long as Matt Ryan is healthy enough to throw the ball, as long as they're going to use Matt Ryan and let him throw a bit, um, I think Paris Campbell is a really sneaky play. I don't love the matchup in Philly at all. However, Darius Slay should not be on Paris Campbell. He should be on Michael Pittman. Uh, Terry McLaurin just scored 23 fantasy points uh, for the Commanders on Monday night. So I think Paris Campbell's a really sneaky play, not just this week, but just about every other week, as long as he's getting uh, the volume as a wide receiver too. Who is your tight end boom of the week? I'm going with George Kittle. I, I feel like, you know, there's some tight ends. I feel like you're not really allowed to put them in. Kittle might be on the fringe of that, but. I don't think he's been good enough this season for us to tape him off that list. No, but, he hasn't. Uh, San Francisco is loaded everywhere. I think that's been taken away from Kittle's workload. But Arizona is the worst team against the tight end position in fo- in uh, fantasy football. Um, the three games before the bye, he has looked a lot better. Um, he had 200 yards and two touchdowns over that span, averaging 17 points per game. That was wide, the tight end two um, over that stretch, only with Kelsey above him. So. I think it's time for him to get back on track. I like the matchup. I like the play. And I think you can get your Monday night miracle with him. Okay. My boom is actually Cole Komet because I don't think Chase Claypool is taking over that role at all. He has five touchdowns in three games. He's the most targeted player on the team. Uh, Justin Fields may not be a rookie per se, but he's still getting his feet wet in the league, especially as a passer. And Cole Komet's a guy that he trusts. He's a guy that the fantasy community trusted before the season. Um, in the last two weeks, he's over six targets and over 20 fantasy points. I don't see Justin Fields just moving off a target that he trusts. And he, he, I don't think he trusts Darnell Mooney. I don't think he trusts Claypool. I think he trusts his legs first. And then I think he trusts Cole Komet. And I just don't see him uh, going off the, sink, the, the safety blanket this soon. Um, the Falcons are a bad football team. They've allowed uh, the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends. Um, they've allowed two wide receivers or pass catchers per se to both score over double, double digits, I think eight out of 11 weeks or something like that. So um, I, I don't, I don't see that changing. Here's my wild card. It's not going to go on the graphic, but I do have a note here, um, which is why I'm just going to throw him up there. Cause I, I thought about using him. David Montgomery is a really good play as well. Uh, no Khalil Herbert, nobody oh, breathing okay. down his neck. It's all David Montgomery. He's going to get all the passes um, from a running back perspective. All, all, he'll be the pass catching back and he'll be the, the, the running running back. Um, his competition is now Justin Fields. With that said, uh, Falcons have also allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. Um, we're kind of booming all the Bears, which is kind of scary. But um, yeah, this is a week to play your Bears because the Falcons are a really bad defense. So there you go. Bear down. <laughs> I have a bet on the Bears, okay? Like, if they can win like 
two more games, I win like 50 bucks and it'd be nice. Um, they have to win more games than the Texans. And I, I mm. like that. Bear down, baby. Bear down. All right. Week 11, all bust teams. Who is your all bust quarterback? Um, how many players of my team did you know? Because I knew your running backs, your quarterback, and your tight end. I don't think I knew your um, I knew. I know two of them. Two. Okay. All right. I know good. a running back and I know uh, – actually, I know two running backs. Okay. And I know um, a wide receiver. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Who's your quarterback? Uh, I am going with Kirk Cousins. Cowboys are top 10 against the quarterback position um, in fantasy. And what's better than one o'clock Kirk Cousins? Nobody. But what's better than 425 Kirk Cousins and primetime Cousins? Everybody. So I'm taking Kirk Cousins. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kirk Kirk Cousins the last two weeks, he looks legit. So only um, he over the course of the entire season, he only has three games over 17 points, um, and only two games this year he has without a turnover. So he's been very turnover prone against uh, against most teams in the Cowboys' first uh, top or top five in forcing turnovers. Um, I think this is going to be a nightmare matchup for Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying they're going to lose the game, um, but I this is not the matchup I want to play. Uh, the QB 13 that's been good for real football, not great for fantasy. And, Okay. I am going with Derek Carr, somebody who's let me down this season. I was high on him, and, and, and I think it's a Josh McDaniels problem a little bit, but Derek Carr looks bad, man. He looks really bad. Uh, the Broncos have allowed the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks, um, and, and Carr is without some of his weapons. No Darren Waller, no Hunter Renfro. Even if they haven't had the best year of their career, there's still weapons that he could look to and throw to, and now they don't have that. Um, the last time he played the Broncos, he only had 11 fantasy points. That was his second worst game of the season. Um, I think this could end up being his worst game of the season. If I'm the Broncos, why am I not double teaming Devontae Adams? Um, he has nobody else to throw to. Like, let Matt Collins beat you at that point. So yeah. um, it's a bad matchup for Carr. If you thought about streaming him, if, if Kyler's out and, and you want to play Carr, I just think it's a really bad matchup. I'd almost rather play like Heineke or Russell Wilson or um, a couple other people. Um, Russell Wilson's going to have a great game this week because he's wearing his armband. Ah, let's ride. Have you have you seen the, the whole arm armband yeah, gate thing? He's such a weenie. He's such a weenie. He showed up to the press <laughs> conference the other day wearing the armband. He's such a weenie. All right. Um, who's your first all bust running back of the week? I am going with Najee Harris, and I hate to do it because I do think Najee is more talented than uh the season he's having. But the last time he played Cincinnati, he only scored 10 points, and in the in that 10 points was a touchdown. Um, he only averaged in that game 2.3 yards per carry, and he only had two catches for three yards. So he was very, very bad for fantasy. Um, on top of that, he hasn't cracked 14 points all year long. That is rough for a guy that you drafted in the first round. And to be honest, Jalen Warren has looked better out of that backfield. Um, Mike Tomlin even said in an interview that he wants to get Warren more involved, and he thinks that he's uh, been one of the more efficient players on the entire team. And when your coach says that, um, about your running back, typically they're not lying. So, um, and Tomlin is a very straight shooter. He's not someone that likes to dance around the question like a Sean McVay or a, a Kyle Shanahan. Um, so that that does worry me a lot for um, Najee Harris. Um, he's probably one of the only guys that you drafted in the first or second round where I think it, you could very much bench them, and and it makes sense. Yep. Another guy that you been that you uh, drafted probably around two, maybe three, is James Conner, and he should definitely hit your bench. Uh, facing the San Francisco 49ers, who allowed the least most fantasy points to running backs, um, he only has two games the entire season over 15 fantasy points. That's not the player that you drafted. So 
Uh, I think it could be a messy game for the Cardinals on Monday night. I did see a stat that in the last, I believe, it was 15 meetings, the Cardinals have beaten the Niners 11 times. That's weird. Um, but this 49ers team is way too talented to, to lose to this Cardinals team. So it, it should be a bad game for James Conner. Who is your second all-bust running back for Week 11? I'm going with DeAndre Swift. Um, listen, if DeAndre Swift were fully healthy, I would still tell you not to play him in this matchup. The Giants have been top five against the run. And when let's take now the health factor into it. Over the last three games, he only has 23 total carries um, and uh, carries and targets. So as a combination, that's been his total workload over a three-week span. Um, and he has less than 100 yards on that. He got bailed out by a touchdown in two of the three matchups to have not even fine days. One of them was an eight-point game, and the other one was 14, which is all right, I guess. But I still don't think he's 100%. He's dealing with two injuries right now, and Dan Campbell is absolutely load-managing the hell out of him. Um, even if his workload goes up, once again, I still don't like the matchup for him, so I would fade him very much. I don't like the matchup either, so I'm busting the, uh, Jamal Williams. Uh on top of everything Nick just said, he splits with DeAndre Swift. I think whoever scores the touchdown has a better game. I don't think they're both scoring touchdowns. I don't really want to take that chance if I don't have to. Now, I do have to take that chance. I made a trade this week. Um, I'm without uh, Travis Etienne and my backups in that league. It's a 12-man league where Khalil Herbert and Alexander Madison. Um, so I did not have a running back two available to pair with Josh Jacobs this week. I needed to trade for a running back before the deadline. I traded Cortland Sutton for Jamal Williams. Um, I, I don't hate the trade. Cortland Sutton hasn't looked great this year. My wide receivers on that team are uh, Stephon Diggs, Chris Godwin, and uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So I, I don't hate giving away Sutton to make sure I have a running back for the rest of the playoffs. So anyway, um, I do have to play Jamal Williams. I'm not happy about it, but it's better than playing like Latavius Murray or something like that. All Just right. Just to uh, add on real quick, yeah. um, who I wanted to bust was Lions running backs in general. So I'm totally gotcha. on board with your take on All right. Uh, who is your first wide receiver bust of the week? I'm going with Amari Cooper. And again, it's something that I factored in the blizzard game, but a big note of mine was if there was no blizzard, I still would not trust him going up against it's an away game. Now it's not a home game. It is not a home game, but once again, I'm still, I still would not trust him in this matchup with the blizzard um, with the blizzard. It would have been like not even touchdown or bust. If you saw a touchdown, you still probably wouldn't have had a good fantasy day. Um, but in this matchup, it is going to be touchdown or bust. And I think this is a very big Bills get right game. They're going to play this game a lot harder than they played any of their other games. So I think Buffalo is going to go out there and absolutely obliterate the Cleveland Browns this week. All right. My first wide receiver bust of the week. I'm just going to move him up here. I have Garrett Wilson because Bill Belichick takes away the number one option from any team. He got beat by Garrett Wilson three weeks ago. He's not going to be happy about it. He's going to go out there and develop a game plan for his Patriots defense to find a way to take away Garrett Wilson. Um, they're the third best team against wide receivers. They're coming off the bye. He had two weeks to prepare for this Jet game. Uh, Nick, this is your worst nightmare as a Jets fan. He loves beating the Jets. You could tell he loves beating the Jets. You can't deny it. Um, and the Jets are rolling right now. This is the game that Bill Bel Belichick wants coming off the bye. He had two weeks to prepare for it. Um, and it's in Foxborough. So uh, I don't know if they're going to get any remnants of the snowstorm. Um, I'm not exactly sure where it's passing. I'm pretty sure they are. They probably will. So at, at that point, I wouldn't want to play many pass, pass catchers on this game, if any. Um, and Zach Wilson's been okay, but he hasn't – he's not the reason they're winning football games. Their defense is phenomenal. The running game has been great. Uh, Zach is doing well as a game manager, but 
Um, I think you put the game on his shoulders and he's not beating the Patriots. Um, so with all that said, um, I, I would not trust Garrett Wilson this week like Nick is. So one of us will be right. We'll see what happens. But um, we did, we do disagree on that one. Your second wide receiver bust of the week. Well, one of us is going to be right about this one too. I am busting Gabriel Davis. There you um, go. <laughs> so it, one of us is going to either hit a parlay or we'll split, whatever. Um, but Gabe Davis, I mean – once again, I know they used him in the short game last week, but that's not the way that he's meant to play. Um, he is really meant to be a deep threat, and he might be good in this matchup now that there is no storm. But he has one of the lowest floors in fantasy football for one of the one of the elite uh, players. Let me just pull up some of his numbers this season because it it is actually shocking how bad of games he's had compared to how good of games he's had. Um, so he has four games this year that he played the entire game and he scored under seven fantasy points. Three of them are under five. Um, he also has three games where he scored over 18 fantasy points. So I know we always talk about boom bust with guys like Tyler Lockett, but I think Gabriel Davis kind of fits that exact mold. It's like he's either going to go deep and catch you some big passes or he's not. Um, yeah. Another thing is he only has one game this year. Last week, we had more than four catches. Um, that's not good. Like he is literally the definition of touchdown or bust. I'm going to read you his best games of the year. Pittsburgh, who's allowed the most points to, to wide receivers, three catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. That is a big outlier. The following week, his uh, third biggest game of the year, three catches, 74 yards and touchdown against Kansas City, one of the worst five teams against wide receivers. And then last week, one of his, be uh, his second best game of the year, six catches which uh, off his most targets of the year for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, another thing I want to factor in is over the entire course of the season, He's only caught 50% of his targets. Like, that is not good. That's literally worse than DJ Moore last year, um, where DJ Moore did not have a good fantasy finish, and we said with better and more accurate quarterback play, he would be a lot better. So for me, Gabriel Davis, as much as I didn't like him before the year and I've kind of leaned more into I like the boom-bust player, like, it's almost too big of a bust for, to risk more weeks than not. All right. My second bust uh, wide receiver of the week is Michael Pittman. Um, the biggest note I have here is that the Eagles have allowed the ninth least uh, fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, they, they should be playing angry this weekend, just like the Bills, and I think it could be a pretty rough game for the Colts all around. Um, I, I know I have Paris Campbell up there, but again, I, I like his chances a lot more than I like Michael Pittman. I, I think Paris Campbell has better stats than Michael Pittman does with Matt Ryan, and Michael Pittman may be the more talented wide receiver, but I think Matt Ryan might trust Paris Campbell a little bit more. So um, I would avoid playing Michael Pittman this week. Um, and I'd actually, I think I, I think I prefer Paris Campbell as crazy as that sounds. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, who's your uh, first uh, flex spot uh, boom of the week? or bust Nick, of the week? I, I have so. a second question for oh, you this boy. week. I decided to be generous. What do we got? Okay, so I'm going to give you a lot more information uh, on this guy. So he's only missed one game this season. Yep. And he's the wide receiver 29. He's only averaging 13 and a half uh, points per game. He only had one finish over the course of the season within the top 20 wide receivers, and he was drafted within the top 20 wide receivers. I was going to say a Monra, but it's not a Monra. Uh, missed one game. Was it Mike Evans? No, he's, he's, on, he's on bye. He's on bye. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to, to factor in on, let's see, hasn't had a, really many big games it was drafted in the top 20 but also missed a game christian kirk no 
No, Christian Kirby Chats a little bit later. It is Debo Samuel. And I'll give you a lot of credit because you were a lot lower on him than I was before the year. But I was. I was, I was anti-Debo Samuel. I didn't think it would be this bad. Um, right now, there are too many mouths to feed with Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, um, and, of course, Debo. Um, ever since CMC and Mitchell got back there, Debo Samuel hasn't been used as a running back as much. Not nearly as much. I think he only had like six carries over the last two weeks. Which is, which is what he also didn't want before the season either. Exactly. So he's getting what he wanted, um, but he's not getting the the production. Um, Debo's going to be down the field a lot more. And a big part of his game was running the ball and catching those wide receiver or uh, running back screens. That's all Christian McCaffrey's game. So you are now taking away the biggest like dynamic portion of Debo Samuel's game. For the rest of the year, like you have to lock him in because of the name, like the, the ceiling, but he's coming off his worst game of the year and they took him out as a running back, like in a game that's favorable for running backs. Like, I don't know if you're going to see the league winning usage from him for the rest of the year. And I know your yeah. trade deadline either is coming up or just came up. Like I would go trade away Debo Samuel frantic. Yeah. Like I think you're in big trouble. I, I mean, I think I think I don't have to go back to our episode, but I, I think I said Debo might be a big loser in this trade because of this. Uh, they're almost essentially the same player that but they play different positions. You know, yeah. one plays receiver a little bit better than the other one plays running back a little bit better than the other. But um, they're both very versatile. But now you have two of them in there and everybody can't get theirs every week. And that's why the 49ers as, as a fantasy football team is very tricky. So my first flex uh, bench is going to be Deontay Johnson. Um, Bengals have allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. He's been unplayable. I, I, I've seen him dropped in two of my leagues. Um, he's still getting targets, but I, I, I don't think he's had a touchdown this year. I'd have to look at the stats again. I don't think he, he has. He has the most targets um, in the league for a receiver that has not caught a touchdown pass. I think it's like 91 targets. Yeah. Um, and the, the targets are great, but he's not scoring enough touchdowns, and he's not getting his 100-yard games either. He's going like five for 60, which is nice. But it's only 11 fantasy points, and you could play a, a slew of other receivers that are going to get you 13, 15, 17, etc. Um, Deontay Johnson has to hit your bench in a really tough matchup. Bengals coming off the bye. They should have his game planned. Um, th- this is not good for Deontay Johnson. Just to further that point, over the last six games, uh, Deontay Johnson is averaging under 10 points per game. Yep. So for a guy getting close to 10 targets a game, that is utterly ridiculous. It is, yeah. Imagine they had a... I'm totally a, a, Imagine they had a... Big Ben out there still. He'd be a better player. All right. Uh, your last flex boom, uh, bust of the week. I'm going with Terry McLaurin. He's quietly having one of the best seasons of the year. I almost boomed him. The Texans are having one of the best uh, um, seasons of the uh, defensive seasons of the year against the wide receiver position, and it's purely because they're so bad against the run. So for every reason that you love uh, the Washington running backs is every reason I don't love the uh, the pass catchers out there. And Derek Stingley's quietly having a good year. He's getting very much overshadowed by – me and Nick's guys, Tariq Woolen, and of course, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, but Stingley has been very, very good. Um, and, and so is McLaurin, but I don't love the matchup. I Like Nick said, I think it's a run the ball game, um, and the pass catcher will be Antonio Gibson out there. McLaurin could have a good game, but take away the name Houston if I just told you what like the team he's going up against is top three against the wide receiver position, and – the quarterback is Taylor Heineke. A lot more people are going to fade that receiver. I am going to bust Devontae Smith. Uh, the Colts have allowed the second least points to wide receivers. And on top of that, Devontae Smith has scored less than 10 in three of his last six games. Um, that's not ideal. 
flex spot or wide receiver. Um, the Eagles are still a run first team. AJ Brown is still the target monster over there. Um, this is just not going to be a solid game for Devontae Smith. And I, I'm not sure how playable he's going to be down the stretch. Um, as long as Miles Sanders is, um, getting the goal line work like he is and Jalen hurts as well. Um, I think it's going to be tough for him to have really productive fantasy games. Who is your tight end bust of the week? I'm going with Jawan Johnson. And I know people might say that's all right. That's a reach. Like he shouldn't even be rostered, but he's been pretty hot in three of his last four games. He has 12, he has over 12 points, including four touchdowns over that stretch. Um, so he has been pretty good for fantasy, but the Rams are the second best team in the league against the tight end position. So when you have an average pass catcher or average tight end like Jawan Johnson that is touchdown or bust, you don't play him in those top matchups. So keep it short and sweet. Average pass catcher, elite defense against the position, ain't a good play. Nick, I have a question for you. Oh, my goodness. I am excited. First off, what do you think my question is? Uh, who is the best team against tight ends? Uh, and is it the New <laughs> that, Orleans? Saints? That is, you got my uh, question and you got my answer. <laughs> I love this trend. I love it. We're week 11 and I could still use it. Taylor Higby's my bust of the week. He's facing the number one team against tight ends. The number one team against tight ends has not allowed a tight end to hit double digit fantasy points. Uh, Isaiah likely came close with 9.5 because he had one catch for five yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think Zach Ertz came close to like six or seven who had double digits in every other game except for the one against the Saints. Unless the Saints are facing the Chiefs this year, I don't think any tight end is going to score over double digits against them. So I'm going to keep busting their tight ends if, if I'm allowed. Do you to. want to know something really funny? Yeah. I checked to see who I wanted to bust a tight end. And I said, ooh, Tyler Higgins has a tough match. Oh, that's New Orleans. Oh, that's Nick's tight end. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, it's too easy. It really is. All right. <laughs> Moving on to flex on. I'm going to give you one player from each team that you could play in your flex spots. But we're going to tell you which one you would we would rather play. And, you know, maybe you don't want to play either of them or want to play both of them. All right. Bears at the uh, Falcons. David Montgomery or Cordell Patterson. I said they're both booms. I'm taking David Monty here. Um, he is going to be the RB1 in that offense. No Khalil Herbert now, so I'll take him in a better matchup. I think he said three straight games under 10, even though I think he's going to have a boom week. I'm going to take Cordell Patterson. Donovan Peoples-Jones or Gabriel Davis inside that Ford Field Dome in Detroit? Over the last six games, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is averaging 12 fantasy points per game. I know Gabe Davis is more boom or bust, um, as I discussed earlier. So I'm going to take the consistency from Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I'd rather play him than Gabe Davis. Bills by a billion, Gabriel Davis. <laughs> Devontae Smith or Paris Campbell? Great question. I'll go Devontae Smith. I know you you like Paris Campbell, but I'm terrified of playing that evil secondary. I am too, but I've seen their secondary get exposed. I'll go Paris Campbell. Garrett Wilson or Jacoby Myers? I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson here, but I think both are going to have fine days. I think both finish in that 15 range. If the weather's bad, they're both going to have really bad days, but I'll go with Jacoby Myers. Allen Robinson or Chris Olave? I'll go with I'll go with Olave here for the consistency, but I would not be surprised if Allen Robinson outscored him this week. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Jamal Williams or Darius Slayton because the Giants don't have flex players. Um, I want to check Slayton's stats because I think he had two or three very good games in a row. I think um, he did, so I'll, I'll go Slayton because I don't love Jamal Williams this week, but uh, the, the Giants are my least favorite team to use this segment for. So over the last three games, he is averaging 14 fantasy points per game. His floor has been uh, 11 and a half. Um, he has uh, 
16 targets over that three game stretch. So that's about five a game. I think I'd rather roll him out in the, in the line secondary. All right. Dante Foreman or Gus Edwards. I'll go with Dante Foreman all day here. I'll go with Dante Foreman as well. I wanted to boom him. Curtis Samuel or Brandon cooks. I'll go with Curtis Samuel. Brandon Cooks almost had a touchdown that last week, but uh, when you're stripped to your captain badge, I, I, yeah, I, that, that's I bad. I don't remember you. the last time. I don't remember the last time I've seen that happen. That's middle of the season too. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Foster Moreau or Greg Dulcich? Great question. It is a great great question, question by you, Nick. Um, I'm gonna go with Greg Dulcich. I'll go with Dulcich as well. Ezekiel Elliott or uh, Dalvin Cook? If you told me. That Zeke was out and it was Tony Pollard, I would have taken Tony Pollard over Cook. Wow. But I ain't taking Zeke over Dalvin Cook. I will take Zeke. Um, You'll take Zeke, Zeke over Dalvin Cook? That Cowboys front seven is really good. And I think two of the last four games that Cook has had over 20 was because he had that long 80-yard touchdown. Okay. The, the Aaron Lakers. Judge won the MVP, baby. There we go. There Let's we go. go. Welcome back to New York, by the way. You're more than welcome. Yep. All right. Um, all right. Kadarius. What a way to oh, end the I'm episode. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> T. Higgins or Deontay Johnson? T. Higgins all day. All right. Uh, Kadarius Tony or Joshua Palmer? Uh, if Palmer is the wide receiver, one Palmer. If not, Kadarius Tony. I'm going Kadarius Tony either way. All right. Uh, last game, Monday Night Football. Uh, Brandon Ayuk or Hollywood Blown? <laughs> Brandon Ayuk or Hollywood Brown slash Rondell Moore, whichever one uh, starts. Um, I mean, it, there's so many factors in this game. If everyone's healthy, um, it's Hollywood. If Hollywood's out, like it comes down to who the quarterback is. I think I'd rather just trust Brandon Ayuk. Yep. I, I yeah. I, I'll go games. with I'll go with the Cardinals receiver. All right. That is our show for Friday, uh, November 18th. That is our week 11 show going into the Friday show going into week 11. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you're watching on YouTube, please drop a like on this video. Um, We appreciate that. Make sure you share those links with your friends so you can share the love of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If we didn't answer all your questions, we're sorry about that, but we want to answer them on Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. I do recommend using YouTube or Facebook so your questions actually get seen on our StreamYard page rather than uh, Twitter's a little bit tougher with that. But anyway, um, we would love to answer all your questions on Sunday. We're going to go from 8.30 to about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. See you guys on Sunday for the live. Best of luck in week 11.